Thank you for joining us for another powerful message from the teaching ministry of Destiny Church. We hope that you'll be challenged and stretched to grow through today's message. But most of all, we hope that you'll encounter the Father's love. If you're in the greater Mobile Bay area, please join us for our weekend worship celebration. Or if you're looking for a church family excited for a revival, please come join us in bringing heaven to earth. And I want to start out today, if you were here at Volunteer Appreciation Friday, uh, thank you again. Y'all got to see me do this. And for those of you who don't know, I broke my ribs four weeks ago. So the fact that I'm able to move... Like, I just want to give y'all, we were talking about miracles earlier, and healing takes time sometimes, but it's still a miracle, right? Yes. Awesome. So today, uh, I get to teach on something very interesting, and we're going to have a lot of fun in a little bit. But uh, first, my favorite part of Sunday is our declaration. So, y'all know me, I'm like, I like to plan it, so if you want to do that with me, go for it, but I'm going to declare it. Y'all ready? I will constantly guard my heart and align it with God's holy word for everything I do flows from it. Uh, Brandon uh, Collins can probably understand the reason I like to get firm when I do that more than anybody. But uh, it's, there's something when we declare it together that really brings it into alignment, and it goes into what we're talking about today. So because when we guard our heart and align it with God's holy word, and we do that as a community, great things happen. Amen? Yeah. All right. So... Today, uh, in a little bit, we're going to get to Jude 3 and 4, so if you want to go ahead and get there and get ready, I'm actually using my son's Bible because he wanted to be with me in service today. So, (laughs) it's going to be fun. Uh, And uh, there's actually a lot of cool illustrations in his Bible I didn't know. Uh, So we're going to have a lot of fun today, amen? Amen. All right, so the the thing that we're going to be talking about today, the church is called to be more than consumers. We're called to be contenders. Oh, hold on. I want y'all to understand. The church is called to be more than consumers. See, we, we consume things just by existing, right? We consume air, resources, different things. But it's an active thing to be a contender. One is involuntary, and the other one's voluntary. So keep that in mind as we go forward. A contender is one who defends or works towards a worthy cause. Some contenders that I can tell you in my life, Pastor Rife is a contender, Larry Wiggins, and I was telling Brian Smith that his wife was a contender for me from 15 to 18 when I didn't know who God was and definitely didn't believe in him. But she contended for my life because of who she is, and she brought value to my life, and that's what contenders do is they bring value and purpose to people's lives. And so as we get there today, you'll understand that. There are three types of churchgoers here in, well, in the world, really, but we're going we're gonna to look at our church and, the church and and the church as a whole today. And so there's attenders. Who, who's an attender? Anyone here? First time here? Raise your hand. Members, anybody, any members here? Raise your hand. You're all attenders, right? Some of you have some different levels of attendance, but for those of you that are your first time here, you're kind of the attender that I'm talking about. You, you have no responsibility. You really just kind of showed up today, right? Uh, you have little to no connection. There's some benefits here. You get to hear some good word. You get to worship the Father, but there's really no like skin in the game for you, right? And then you have your members. 
So they have some responsibilities. To be a member here, we require what? Serving, attending, and giving, right? So there's some responsibilities for a member. Uh, they have higher connection. If you're serving and you're attending, you're usually connected to people. And then there's mutual benefits. And we'll get into those in a little bit. Some of those mutual benefits are pastoral care, community, accountability. Those are some good things. Contenders, membership's required. You can't be a contender without being a member first. How can you contend for people that you aren't with? They, they are the bonding agents. See, people are, have little connection or some connection, but contenders are the ones that connect us. Pastor Rife used this thing years ago. It said, meet someone new and introduce them to two. What was he doing? He was bonding people, right? Hey, go find somebody. And when you hear what they have, what's, what they're passionate about, connect them to some people that they, can, can, that they actually have some commonality with. A bonding agent. We tried different bonding agents today with, uh, with the object lesson, and some of them worked really well, and some of them didn't when we were putting it together. Different bonding agents work for different purposes. And so different contenders provide different ways to get people connected. And, there's, and they actually increase benefits. So what does that mean? Well, Pastor Rife incre- enriches my life with the things that he brings us every week. If I, if I actually listen and pay attention, I grow. Uh, Larry Wiggins, when he contends for the men, he gives them an opportunity to be encouraged and uplifted as brethren. Like there's just different things that they do to increase the benefits that we get in our daily lives. I want to show you something that really alarmed me when I was, when I was looking at what membership in, in, in the big C church looks like. And so here's a percentage of pe- people who attend church weekly. Uh, just, just someone yell out, how many, how many, how, what percentage of 18 to 29 year olds do you think attend church weekly? Someone yell out a number. 10? 20? Percentages, percentages. Okay. 25% of 18 to 29 year olds attend church weekly. The other 75%? Once a, once a month, to seldom, to never. So, that, so when you look at that, in attenders, there's 25% of attenders, but of that 25%, only 12 are here every week. That's scary when you think about that's the next generation that takes over to enrich the lives of our young children in the, in the other side of the building here that help teach them and train them to grow. If they're not attending and they're not getting God, we're in trouble. The next age group, 20 to 49, it's not much different. 29% attend weekly and 71% sometimes to never. 32% for 50 to 64-year-olds, 68% sometimes to never. And 65 plus, 37% attend weekly. When you look at this and we, and we go, okay, so the generation that has taught us is still coming. But the ones they taught walked away and we don't know. And, and we got to figure out how to get them back. And that comes with community and that comes with relationship. And that's some of the benefits that we get as members. 
and as we and as we go there so i want to tell you this membership comes from the greek word melios which is a meaning of which means member or a part of a body it also means a melody Pastor Rife said it earlier when we were talking about prayer. When you, when you had Deb and Philip up here, you said you asked them how they prayed. You created a melody of prayer. Because when we, it says where two or more come together in the same prayer, right? That's a melody. It's one single, a melody, the definition for melody is one single note being sang by many in the same harmony. And so that's what prayer is, is when we partner together, we come in and, and we have mellows prayer. We actually get to be a part of something and not just a bystander. So I've been telling you, membership has its privileges, right? There's some benefits of covenant community, and they're this. Relationships. We get to do life together. And, I, and six, seven years ago, that was the worst thing you could have told me. I was serving here. I was attending here. I was a member here. But, oh, don't make me do life with people. <laughs> he's looking at me. He's like, really? <laughs> no, really, though, I was like, oh, anything but that. I just want to do my thing and go home. How many of us are there? How many of us have been there? Because, see, the reality is, is we want the benefits of community, but we don't want community. Accountability. We don't want to be accountable, but that's a benefit of membership. And see, for, for those of us that take accountability and stride with it, it teaches us. It makes us stronger. And it's the ironing sharpened iron that, that, we, that we talk about in Scripture where we truly become better people because we're accountable. Spiritual growth, discipleship. If we just teach them Jesus' name and walk away from him, we've done a disservice to the person. I've had this thought, and it's extremely controversial, so I might get fired for this. But <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Uh, salvation is something that we, have to, that we have to not let die when it comes to membership. We can't just get them saved and walk away from them. We have to help. Because, see, the words don't matter. People say things all the time, but until they actually do it, it hasn't happened. And a lot of times we get them to say the words... We get them to repeat the doctrine, and then we don't teach them the principles that, that, it, that it comes from. And so you have a lot of people in the world that think they're members of the body of Christ, and they're not even attenders. And that's our fault. That's the church's fault, because they don't know God. And so as we, as we, as we look at what a membership privileges it's discipleship we should look at that as an honor for those that we get to disciple and when we're being discipled we should look at it as an honor as a way to grow pastoral care how many of us like pastoral care anybody i i, I mean i i do i, I probably get more of it than any of y'all because i call pastor rife constantly <laughs> uh, no it's it's one of the things it's a benefit right it's about it's about uh, doing it together. Terry Frazier, I don't know if she's in here today or not. It's Lauren's mother. She, she said something to me years ago. I walked into the hospital when her, when her husband died. Actually, he hadn't passed away yet. And all I did, I, did I, it was, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. And so I didn't. I just walked in. I sat down and I put my arm beside her. And in that moment, she told me after the fact that she, all she saw was Jesus. And that's because... I, 
I didn't, I wasn't trying to be me. I was just trying to be love in the moment. And that's what pastoral care is. And that's really what, what one of the privileges of membership is, is that we get to experience true love from more, from more than just one resource. Uh, if I asked you to be a transferring agent, just come over here and stand by the stairs and get ready. Put your signs on for me. Um, I've, got a, I've got a very interesting thing that I, I want to go over with you guys that actually prevents us from getting to uh, see some of these privileges. And so, how many of us uh, know what a tree is? Yeah, I did that. Uh, so, you know... <laughs> So all of us are essentially growing, right? Just like this tree was growing before I, you know, destroyed it. <laughs> but uh, all of us are growing, and what happens is, is we get planted, and, um, and, we, and we start this process. We get some foliage, and we're starting to get some principles. We've learned the vision. We are, we are a training center communicated to, communicating the worth and potential of others. We start getting some core values in. Life is better together, you know, and, and we're starting to get grounded. And then a transplant agent comes into play, right? And a fence creeps in. And, and as a fence creeps in, uh, what do you mean I don't get to do rally today? I prepared for it. This is a real-life example, and I messed up. <laughs> uh, and, and so a fence has creeped in, and I haven't went back and corrected it. And what do you mean I don't get to do that? I'm done. And so the, tra the transplant agent has gotten into my mind and it has made me so angry. And you're going and, to. And the transplant agent has taken me and he's moved me. Well, then, in the process, you know, of getting moved, it, it hurt, right? And some things got broken off. And, oh, and so I make it to this next, this next church. And I've, I've made it to some soil. And, uh, I don't know if it's good or not, but I'm trying to heal, right? I'm a little shaky. The wind's hitting me. And, and I, I get to that church, and I'm telling them all the bad things that they did to me at that other building. And, and I'm t can you believe they wouldn't let me do that? I was called to do that. And we, and we get into this new church, and, and there's, some, there's some time that it takes to get healthy, right? Again, right? Because, you know... We, we, can't just, we don't just get transplanted and we're immediately back where we were. It takes a little time to heal. And as we start, and, and what happens is sometimes is as we start getting healed and, and things, you know, the things that were dead start getting pruned off so healthy things can grow. Uh, a, another transplanting agent comes in and the, you know, and so as we're coming up and growing back and getting healthy, Oh, man, you know, there's, a, there's an opening in youth ministry for a youth pastor, and I'm going to be the youth pastor. And then what happens? This new person that showed up last week becomes the youth pastor, and the position seeker goes, I don't get to be the youth pastor? What do you mean? And they transplant. And they break some more off. There's some brokenness. And, they, and now they've went from soil to sand and they don't even realize it because this church is telling them what they want to hear. It wasn't you. You can be the, we need a children's and a youth pastor. Come on. Oh, we don't care that you got saved last Friday. Come on. It's, yes, we're good. And you've gotten your position, but you have no foundation. 
And so you're in the soil that doesn't actually let you grow. And so you do that for a couple of years. You're in your position. You're happy. You've made it. And, and, and your roots have gotten a little thin. And the next transplanting agent comes up into place. And it's so subtle, man. I don't agree with that principle you just said, Pastor Rife. We were not meant to do life together. And you do it again. And you transplant. And, and you found fertile soil, but see what's happened is, is you've taken all the offense and you've taken all the things that you didn't think you deserved and you've taken all the things that you didn't agree with and you've let them affect who you are. And so you were meant to be this. This amazing city on a hill, shining light for the world to see, salt. <laughs> but see what, ha- and, and see, and, and as we connect, and as we start to grow, and we start to actually get some of these members- membership privileges, we create a root system that's deeper than us. And that's our friends, our pastors, the people we serve with. And so it grounds us and it holds us into place. And when we have those rocky moments, when division creeps in, when we feel like we deserve something that we didn't get, and when we're offended, we have that root system to help keep us accountable, help keep us in relationship and help us keep growing towards God. Because otherwise, and how many of us have walked around like that for years? Thank you, guys. Uh, and so, like, I want you all to understand, I lost one of my soils. And I gained a fence. I don't know what happened here. Um, but, you know, and the, and the reality is, guys, is that different soil is good for different people. And, and understand, sand isn't necessarily bad soil. It's just not good soil for the right for certain plants. There are trees in Yucatan that can drill 100 feet into the ground to get to water through rock. There, like, think about that. A tree gets planted, no water. Will drill, the roots will drill through rock and limestone to get to the water. Our environment isn't necessarily good or bad for who we are. It's about finding our soil. Fertile soil can come in, come in many different places for us. Because the reality is, is we're called to different areas of the world. And so, yes, we are good soil here at Destiny. So is City Hope Church down the street. So is, United, so is Daphne United Methodist Church down the road where Quentin just went. We, good soil is everywhere, but it looks different for different people. And so it's about finding your soil where you're going to get your nutrients, where you're going to get your encouragement, where you're going to get your accountability. Let's go to Jude 3. Anybody know where Jude is in the Bible? What's it, what, what's it before? Revelation, right? Sorry, years of kids' ministry and, and youth. I, just, I get used to doing that. <laughs> um, so in Jude 3, it says this. It says, Dear friends, I had been eagerly planning to write you about the salvation we all share. That's, that, I want you all to hear that. The salvation we all share. Because they didn't just get saved and stop doing life together. They got saved and stayed in community, right? 
but now I find I must write about something else. So they were eager to share about salvation, and there's a problem. Urging you to defend the faith that God has entrusted once for all time to his holy people. I say this because some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches, saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. The condemnation of such people was recorded long ago, for they have denied our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. And, and what it is, is where's that division sign? Who had division? Hold it up. Back there in the back. What happens is, is when, that, when division creeps in, we, we forget that, oh, God is good all the time. What happens when division creeps in is, is that we're, we're doing it this way, and we, and we think everybody's on the same page, right? And everyone's happy. We're, we're having a good time. And we get an opportunity to minister to some people. And the one person that you would expect to be the happiest is yelling and screaming at everybody. Because division has creeped in. And it's so subtle. It's, I didn't like the way Pastor Rife said something to me. Or I mentioned this to Brian Friday. He complimented me, actually, about a month ago. And I hated it. I read the compliment, and I was like, oh, that's not a compliment. But it was, and through some, I didn't even tell him that until Friday. But through some looking, like going through it, I'm like, oh, actually, that is a compliment. Because that, I recognize where God was moving in my life, and he did too. That's why he complimented me. But who I, who I thought I was and who I actually am are two different things, right? That's why identity is so important. And that's one of the members, and that's what Jude's trying to say here is you have to be careful. She's saying be careful because it's so easy. It's so easy. And uh, Lauren did this amazing message with pies on Wednesday. I told her it's the best message that's ever come through youth ministry at Destiny Church. And she made, anybody heard of, ever heard of a Ritz pie? Oh, sorry, mock apple pie? It's made out of Ritz crackers. It tastes like apple pie, amazingly. Um, and it looks really good. And we were eating it, and we were loving it. And then she made that apple pie, the real one. And we were like, oh, that was garbage. That was horrible. Why did we eat that? Because the devil has gotten so good. And it looks good, it tastes good, but it's not real. He's gotten so good at saying, hey, Glenna, I know you think that healing, you know, is important, but it'll, it'll be all right. Just give it some time. Because, see, the, he doesn't want you to believe in miracles. He wants you to believe that they just happen. But it's happenstance. It's not meant for you because it was hers. But the reality is, is that Amber's miracle can be your miracle. And he does that. That's what division is, though. It's just, it's just slightly getting us off course from the truth. And what happens with that is, is, it, is that as we slightly get off course, and can I have, Pastor Rife, can you actually come up here real quick? As, as we slightly get off course, this is what happens. We, we start going down this path, and I'm going to walk over here to join you. And uh, you just, come on. oh, yeah, sorry, sorry, good point. All right, so we're just going to start right here. We're on camera here. Okay, we're just going to start right here. And I just want you to walk straight. Okay? And I'm going to walk straight with you, but see, you, um, you hit me in the ribs and they're broken, so I don't really like you right now. It's so easy to get off course that I fall. That was intentional, by the way. <laughs> uh, you good, thank you. It's so easy to get off course that we fall 
from the true calling that God has for us. Because just a slight little thing will take us out of what the covenant God gave us, which is the local church. And that's a hill that we've let die, guys. We've let the hill of the local church die and that we stopped caring if everybody was okay. We stopped caring if people actually were growing with God. And I'm, not, I'm saying me. There's moments, there's moments in my life that I can go, oh man, I could have done so much better. I could have done so much more. But see, there's moments, there's moments that we have that we, that we have an opportunity that we can change someone's life simply by listening. And we choose not to answer. There's moments in someone's life that if we just are there and we put our arm around them, that we change their life and we choose not to come. The church is called to be more than consumers. We're called to be contenders because, see, contenders change people's lives. And if we let the hill of the local church die, there will be no more contenders for the next generation. There will be no one else to teach your kids and your grandkids and your great-grandkids the things of God because no one will be there to contend for them. No one will be there to say, there's a better way, there's a better life. I said this in a prayer with someone earlier down here at the front. It's, it's not about existing. It's about abundance. And if we're just walking around existing, then we're definitely not. I'm going to go back to some of these benefits. We're not experiencing relationship. We're not experiencing accountability. We're not growing spiritually. And we're definitely not getting the care that we need because we're, because we're not getting the things that God has for us. And so as, 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 as the church, not Destiny Church, but as the church, it is so important that you ask God, where am I? Where do you need me to go? Who am I meant to contend for? And are we all meant to contend? Yes. See, it's a stage. It's a journey, right? We get saved. We're attenders. And then there's this stage of time where we're attending that we're not really members yet. We're just learning. You're kind of getting the ropes of it. And as you become a member, you get all those benefits of God. And you get all the benefits of community. And as God begins to work into your life and he begins to show you and, and give you revelation and new beginnings, he begins to show you who your mountain of contention is. See, Pastor Rice's mountain of contention is Destiny Church. He has the people that attend here that he does life with on a weekly basis that he is called to contend for. He prays for you guys. I know he does because we do it together. He prays for you guys. He, he, we, we're constantly making sure everyone's okay. It's our, it's our mandate on this earth to contend and make sure people are okay. Larry Wiggins contends for a group of men across the county that, that he, just, he just does it because he loves them. And Carol Smith contended for, has contended for teenagers for at least 15 years that I know about because I was one of her first students. And at 15... God absent, getting ready to join the army. The world can't stop me, and no, and I don't, and no one can tell me to do anything better. I needed that love. I needed someone to contend for me because it changes people's lives when they realize that there's a group of people ready to stand for them and teach them the ways of God and to teach them the abundance of God. Because guys, the reality is, is when we begin to live an abundant life, <laughs> the devil has no place to stay. If we're in every area of the world and we're contending for every part of the world, the enemy has no ground. 
But see, what we've done is we've let the, we've, we've let the hill of the local church die. And we've, and we've allowed the world to teach our young. We've allowed the world to teach them that you don't need the benefits of the church to live a good life. And they're walking around and they're going, oh, but why, why do y'all say that? Because that hurts people. Because, it, because the truth sometimes hurts. Even in love, the truth can hurt you. But it's meant to make you better. And we've let the world teach people, hey, we don't want to hurt anyone. We can't hurt anyone. We can only make them feel good. And so what you have now is you have a group of people, 10 to 18, that, they, that all they know is don't offend. All they know is don't offend. They can't, they can't tell you the goodness of God. They can't tell you the gifts of the Spirit. They can't tell you the fruit of the Spirit. But, the, but they're not going to hurt anybody's feelings. They're not. They're, everyone's included. Because it's just a subtle division. Oh, it sounds so good when you, when you say, all those things sound good, right, when I say them? We don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. We don't want to offend anybody. We don't. But sometimes that's the process that has to take place in order for us to realize who we truly are in Him. So I want to ask you, how do we mature from consumers to contenders? As you go home this week, I want you to look at it. You're going to start with prayer. God, where are you leading me? Stay put. Get to know the church and the people and the vision. See, what happens is, is when we keep getting these transplants back and forth, is that we pick up some different vision. And when we, when we left this church that we were growing in and we were starting to get some of that foliage, remember before we broke the first time? We get over here and we go, we are a training center committed to letting everyone know that life begins and ends with Jesus. Well, that doesn't sound like our vision, does it? No, because our vision is we are a training center communicated to teaching the worth and potentials of others, right? But what happens is, is when we get it muddled, because we're getting multiple visions, and when, oh, this is going to hit some people home, when we go online and we watch uh, Pastor Stephen Furtick's uh, messages every, every Sunday, just like he's our main pastor, we start getting his vision in our heart. And then we come here and we go, oh, I don't like how we do this anymore. Because we've, we've created division in our heart without even realizing it because we've gotten connected to something. And I'm not saying don't go online and listen to other messages. I do that all the time. But you can't, get, you can't let that be your covenant. You're not with them. They're not contending for you. They don't even know you. And so it's important that when we, where we receive is where we attend. Serve the vision. Get involved. I, I'm going to tell you guys, it, it might be a process. I served here for, in kids ministry for eight years. And for three of those, I did all the things that we said. I, I attended, I served, I gave. I served a lot in kids ministry for a while. And, and there, but there was this thing missing, and it was connection. And so, see, I, I was a member of Destiny Church, but I wasn't a member of Destiny Church. I was an attender with the name member and what happened is I don't know what happened but one day it clicked and I, and I realized that if I, if I wanted to have a good life it required people it required more than the people that I chose to live in my own home 
And so I began to build connections and I began to build relationships. And there was actually a statement that had come out of my mouth prior to all of this years before where I said, I'll never make another friend here because every time I make a friend, they leave. And I had, and, and God was like, God started revealing to me. He's like, hey, they didn't leave you. They found their soil. He's like, hey, they still, they still do life with you. And so I began to build relationships again. And, I, and, and as I did that, oh my goodness, God began to give me all kinds of things that I didn't even expect. Pastor Wright talked about checks in the mail. I didn't believe in that at all. But one of the benefits of covenant, of covenant relationship and, and being part of the covenant church is that one year in 2018, when I decided to become a pastor and I left my actual business that I was running, over the course of one year, I received over $26,000 in checks in the mail. Eight different checks. Two checks, $14,400, weren't even supposed to be mine. One was from an insurance claim that I had already been paid on. And another, and another one was from a rebate on a business deal I had done that I didn't even apply for. God provides when we don't even expect it. And so if you don't believe, if you don't, if, if you hear a principle, this is where growing and being part of it and being, staying put and serving the vision is so important. If you hear a principle and you're like, ooh, I don't know about that, ask, look it up. Like for real, like get in, like get in it and realize it. Because see, there's principles that you'll hear that when you first hear them, you're like, oh, I don't know about that. But challenge it. God will answer. And then the important part of that is share it. Zuri shared a, a testimony with me Friday night, and I hope she shares it soon with the rest of you. But when she shared that testimony on the healing in her life years ago, I'm like, oh, why didn't I know that? Because it, it encouraged me. It, it built me up. And as someone that was going through some pain for a while, oh, man, that is amazing. When we share, when we give the praises, we sung that earlier, when we pour out our praise, we have to, we have to, we have to do that together, guys. If we don't come together and we don't share the, the goodness of God, we say good, God's a good God, but if we don't, we're Devin Phillip aren't here, but if we don't share the goodness, the miracles that God does in our daily lives, if we don't start recognizing that when we pray for something, he actually answers it, instead we just continue to go with the next prayer. No, we have to take a moment and stand on the monuments. I've been doing that in staff meetings the last several weeks. I go, hey, we've actually been praying about this since January. And I'm like, yeah, I think we need to stop and recognize that it's happening. That's what community is for, is to build each other up. It's, it, is, it is prophecy, light. Build up, cheer up, and draw near. Community builds us up, it cheers us up, and it draws us closer to him. Same thing prophecy does. And if, and, if we, and if we grasp that, and if, and if we don't let the local church die, then we'll begin to see a movement in the, in the young of this world where God actually begins to change environments in a whole different way. How amazing would it be if I could walk into Daphne High School and begin to pray with students again? How amazing would it be if that when we, when we, when we walked into the hospitals everyone walked out it's possible if we partner in prayer and we're not all praying different community unites us the local church unites us and 
it's a hill we absolutely can't let die if we want to contend for this world. Amen. Let's give him. Thank you, Pastor Greg. Um, just stay right here. Um, you know, I had a guy uh, to tell me a few years ago. This has been probably, I don't know, six or seven years ago. We had lunch. And um, he, during that course of lunch, he was telling me, uh, you know, I had been in this church back in, you know, 1970, whatever. And then he's like, you know, I was in this church and I was in this church. By the time he finished his story in a, in just like an a 11, 12 year period, he had been in 11 churches and he was proud of it. He was so proud of it. And, uh, he finished his story up and this is one of those truth and love kind of things, uh, where pastor Greg was talking about, like, you know, sometimes you have to tell the truth and it does not feel good. And so I had a little bit of relationship with this person. I didn't have deep-rooted relationship, but I had a little bit of relationship with him. And I said, um, so I've listened to you, and you know, you've told me about how many churches you've been in. And I said, have you ever thought about you average basically just over 12 months in each? Like if you averaged it out, you would, you would have been in those churches 12 months, just a little over. And there's no way that you can get rooted. You just can't do it. Um, when I was a little boy, my mom called my aunt a church hopper. And I didn't know what it... Now, this is, this is before we were ever Christians. So I'm like, I barely knew what a church was, much less a church hopper. And so she referred to my aunt as a church hopper. And uh, I had no clue what she meant. And then years later... I begin to understand, oh, that's what she meant. She never stays anywhere. And she would get upset with this person or that person or the preacher or, you know, yada, yada, yada. And she never grew. And she kept having the same spiritual issues uh, all throughout her life. Going back to the story that I was uh, talking about the, the guy at lunch, I'm like, I told him that story of my aunt. And I said, my best advice to you as a pastor would be go somewhere and stay. Stay put. Go somewhere, get, get grounded, serve that vision. Serve the ministry there. Get, build relationships. You know, he kept, he, one of his biggest things is he said, I just feel like, you know, I have no close friends. And I'm like, I wonder why. Like, you uproot yourself so often that you're not building deep community. So today, I want, based upon what Pastor Greg has uh, shared with us, I, I want to encourage you, if you're looking for a place, you're searching, pray about it. Ask God where He wants you. And I'm just telling you, don't lie for God. You with me? Don't lie. Don't lie for God. I cannot tell you how many people have told me God called me to this church and three months later, God called them somewhere else. You know what? Pray and ask God to simply show you where he wants you to be. 
if if we're people of the word and the word says that he orders our footsteps he partners with us god will show you the place god is not and i don't mean this to be i don't mean this to be disrespectful for anybody who might suffer from schizophrenia in the building but god is not a schizophrenic god does not suffer from some kind of uh you know emotional uh issues where he can't make his mind up he's not double-minded he's not unstable God will lead you to a group of people that if you will, if you will sit and stay and t- make the effort, I'm just going to tell y'all, relationship is hard. Shay and I have been married for 33 years, work going on 34, and it's still hard. Now, some of y'all out there that are like, man, we have the best marriage and, you know, whatever, and it's so easy breezy. I'm like, well, yay for you. But I don't know about y'all, but Shay and I still have to work on our marriage after 34 years. But we still are working on it. And that's what keeps us together is we've just decided we're going to be together our whole life. Find out where God wants you to be. Because that's who God told me to be with. Find out who God wants you to be with, what church family. And then work through the tough times. You don't like something the pastor said? Go pray about it. You don't like something somebody did, you know, in the church family? There's a lot of scripture that tells you how to deal with that. Go have lunch with them and just talk it through. Like work through those moments. So if you're looking for a place, if you're looking for some answers of how, you, how do you deal with uh, things and work through it, do those things. And if you're here, think about serving somewhere because I'm telling you, it's a lie of the enemy that tells people, well, they just want you to serve. They just want you for what you can do. No, I'm telling you what. When you start serving the vision of the house, you will grow in relationship and you'll become connected to it. You'll feel a part of it. You'll build friendships.